Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for following Jesus. If we haven't met yet, my name is Tony, and I'm your host. With over a decade in the local church, I care deeply and passionately about helping you connect with Jesus in practical ways. And today's conversation is with a friend who's been on before, the legendary Jay Meyer. Jay is starting a brand new project, the Higher Leading Podcast, and we talk about leadership. We talk about what it means to lean into your calling. We talk about all the things. I think you're really going to appreciate Jay's heart. So I want you to do two things for me. One, I want you to let Jay know on Facebook that you heard him. And two, I want you to subscribe to his podcast. I think you're really going to enjoy it. As a matter of fact, one of his guests might have a familiar voice AKA it was me. <laughs> so anyway, I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. I love Jay and I'm so thankful for his leadership in my life. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jay Meyer. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have a repeat offender with us, a dear friend of mine now for almost a decade, Jay Meyer. Jay, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Hey, thanks, Tony. Really looking forward to this. I appreciate it. You and I were doing a little chatting beforehand, and um, one of the things that I just found uh, finds astounding is that the last time you were on here was was episode number eight, episode number eight, April fifteenth, two thousand and nineteen. Can you believe that? No, no. I mean, I I thought it was a couple years ago, and um, it's a t- it's a testament to to um, your resilience and perseverance, if you think about it, because you're over 200 podcasts now, I believe. Yeah, I mean, as we record this, I'm sitting at like 223 or something like that. By the time this comes out, it'll be close to 230, I'm sure. And um, man, it's just crazy to think about what God will do if you're just willing to keep showing up. So true. So true. So one of the questions that I'm sure I didn't ask you at episode eight that I'm dying to ask you now is one of what I call my anchor questions. And for those that listen, know what's about to come. Um, I love to ask people, how would you define the calling that God has placed on your life? Well, it took, as it does with everyone, it takes some time to become clear about one's calling. So for those that are listening right now saying, I, I'm still trying to figure this out, I was able to, I don't know, it was a few years ago, write on a piece of paper uh, what became my mission statement. And it's to inspire others, and I was very intentional about hmm. the words I used, inspire others to dream more, be more, and live in the light more. And it seemed as though, I'll take seemed out, it just, my life journey took me to that point in time where I'm kind of probably in the fourth quarter of my life, if we do our quarters in 20s or 22s, or and um, I'm in the fourth quarter, and it's like I've written probably a half a dozen renditions of a mission statement and a purpose statement. And it's like, this one will take me to my grave. Mm. And so anyway, that's, that's how I define my calling. It's what I'm here to do. And, and it keeps me grounded. If, if what I'm doing isn't 
inspiring others to dream more, be more, and live in the light more, then I'm not doing what I'm called to do. Yeah, you mentioned something in that answer that is I want to drill down on a little bit. And it's the idea that in, over the years that you've had various versions of a mission statement, um, I know that you're a strategic thinker. You're also an incredible man of God. You work in the strategic planning field all the time with high-end leaders. H- how do you know when it's time to shift seasons, whether that be personally or corporately? H- how do you know, like, oh, it's time for me to revisit my mission statement or revisit? I mean, I think the last time that you and I talked, you were still in the work. You were back in the work field uh, in the pharmaceutical world, and now you're out of the pharmaceutical world again. And so God continues to move you. How do you respond to God's movement in your life? Yeah, I couldn't have answered this question correctly 10 years ago, 12 years ago is when I first retired from my pharmacy career. But as I progress on this journey, it's where do I feel the most alive? Hmm. You know, is what I'm doing... Does it make me feel alive? And in a few months ago, Tony, you sat in on a, a leadership class that I facilitate, and it's a two-day course. And when I do that, man, I just feel alive. Um, the first podcast I did, a friend of ours, Scott McGowan, God bless him for being number one, because I even warned him. I said, everything I've heard says the first podcast is going to not be very good. And... Uh, that was on my end. Scott carried that podcast. But, you know, I just think of, um, you know, the, I lost my train of thought, brother. What, where was I going with that? Hopefully you can edit this. Um, yeah, you, you were talking about the idea about um, how to answer the question of when it's time to move and how 12 years ago when you left the pharmacy, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so so – in that very first podcast with Scott McGowan, I just remember about 30 minutes into it, it's like, darn, I feel alive. This is fun. Because it, it like took all of my experiences, um, column talents, column uh, knowledge moments or whatever, that I was able to just share and then absorb more from him. So I think that that that's the key. And and so what I've set up for 2023, uh, the goal for 2023 is to get my podcast going and to refine it and make sure it's inspiring others to dream more, be more, and live in the light more. And so you're what you're kind of doing is is then when you decide to move, it's basically when you start to feel like things are not giving you life. Right. And, and then, and then you kind of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like you kind of just kind of take that next step of faith after that. Is that an accurate representation? Yeah. And and I've done that. And, and, um, you know, back to the original question, cause I kind of went down another path there, but how, how did I know it was time to leave pharmacy? And you're exactly right. I, I would go in just it was kind of like it became more than work. It was a drudgery. Mm. Uh, I was having some health issues with my heart. And 
you know, you, you, you step back and you say, well, I can, I can get this medicated and patch it up and move on, move through it. Cause I was making a lot of money and, and all that. Or you can pause and say, uh, is God maybe giving me some hints here that it's time to move on? And so I always tell people that I coach the greatest mentor that we're given if we're blessed to be married is our spouse. Mm. And on just about every occasion, I, I'll, I'll run it past Lori. So, you know what? I, I just don't know. I, I just remember when I left pharmacy, she just looked at me and said, leave, go. Wow. Now's the time. So, yeah. And then in the faith piece, you know, those are always leaps of faith, especially when you're going. I mean, I went from uh, being someone who was well recognized in the nursing home pharmacy industry to now just nobody, you know, was going to be starting over. But what's so cool is when you can start with that blank slate and blank whiteboard and say, okay, if, if I could do anything, what would it be? Well, and immediately for me, that first round when I left um, the pharmacy was I can coach. I loved coaching my kids in sports. I can help coach individuals to become the best, best versions of themselves. So then I, you know, took some training on coaching and, and, you know, that took me, took me in a, a direction that I still have to pinch myself t- sometimes today that, uh, where I am today. I love that. I love that, that constant recognition of checking in with others, checking in with God, taking the leap of faith. Now you, you used a word that's very interesting to me. It's, you said alive. And, uh, I think a lot of times people are chasing happy and I'm curious, is there a difference or what is the difference if there is one between alive and happy? Yeah. You know, that, that's a great question, Tony. That, and I've never really thought about it before, but instantly, I believe alive comes from within. Hmm. Happy can come from within, but I believe a lot of times we get our happiness from externals, uh, right or wrong. I mean, like last week, we had our grandkids in town, and I am happy when I'm around my grandkids, but I also felt very alive. And it's, I think it's when the, those two match up. Yeah. Uh, you can be happy because you're making a lot of money. But if you aren't feeling alive, what's that worth? Yeah, I think um, I think that's right. When you, you can feel pretty happy and, and dead inside at the same time, you know, happy is temporary. Alive is more connected to the mission statement. Um, when when you left pharmacy the second time since the last time we talked in 2019. Um, what, what did you learn about yourself in that process? Going, going back for round two in the pharmacy world, it had to have been completely different. I mean, it had been at that point 12 years since you had worked in the nursing home pharmacy industry. And you can hear more Jay's story in the past from episode number eight. But what did you learn about yourself going back into the corporate world a second time? Yeah, it, one of my um, would have been boss, I guess you could call it a boss or someone who was a superior to me. We were in a meeting one time and he looked at me and he says, Jay, I just sense that that you don't have much gas left in your tank. 
because I, I was I was um, frustrated about some things, and I was sharing with him what needed to happen, and it wasn't happening. And uh, so that's the first thing. I didn't have the energy. The big difference when I took over the pharmacy, I was 39 years old, and I always tell people. It's in your 40s and your 50s where you're really in your prime, no matter what you're doing as far as the energy goes. Uh, The second part was when I left the first time, I was was just kind of, I wouldn't say burned out, but I felt like I was burned. Hmm. Nothing against anybody. That's just how I felt. And going back, it was a year and a half that I got back into it. It helped me leave on my terms. And, and, it, and then what I also learned, Tony, when we built healthcare pharmacy into, was just an amazing place to work. I mean, we had our faults and uh, deficiencies, so on and so forth. Everyone does. But, but it, was a, it was a pretty nice family of... Uh, we called each other teammates, and and I look back on that, and it took a long time to build that. And when I mean a long time, you know, I came on there in, in the early 80s, and I would say by 05, 06, 2005, 2006, we were recognized as one of the national leaders in what we did. I mean, we were, and people wanted to do business with us, and um you know, I was at a point where I was delegating, you know, my, my primary responsibility was, was staying on top of the vision and, and the culture and and meeting with customers and things like that. And when I got back in, I had every intent of making this work, Hmm. but I didn't have the time. You know, I, I thought I could make it, make it work in like a four-year period and building a culture which i believe is is the key to any business any organization building a healthy culture takes time and without having the gas in the tank and kind of thinking man it's going to take too much time that's when i thought oh, it's time to go back to coaching <laughs> <laughs> um you know, one of the things that I, I was hoping that we could talk a little about today, and, and I it completely okay if you don't want to go down this road, is your relationship with your son, Jordy. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I would love to hear, because what, what made me think about it is gas in the tank. And y- you and your wife have been taking care of your son, um, who is has some special needs um, for a really long time. Talk, talk to me about your perspective on, like, that's an area of your life where I can't imagine you, you, you I mean, you really can't run out of gas. Like, there always has to be gas in the tank for that. Can, can you talk a little bit about that process and how you carry on in, with with such high needs? That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good question because a, a lot of times, Tony, we are... Um, because we've done this for so long, it's just automatic pilot for us. But I know there's people out there with young children with special needs that, that possibly could uh, gain something from this. 
because now Jordy is uh, going to be 37. And when I left pharmacy for the first time, like I said, I got into coaching, but my, my really big goal was to take the weight off of my wife, Lori, who had carried the load, um, carried all of Jordy's needs. I mean, he's pretty much full care, 24-7. And um, so when I was kind of introduced to getting Jordy up in the morning, out of bed, getting him dressed, getting him um, taking care of the toiletry piece and getting him fed, getting his teeth brushed, um, it's like, oh, wow. Lori's been uh, basically living lives of two people or caring for two people mm. for for twenty some years, and and so my goal was to be the primary caretaker, and what that entails is getting him ready in the morning. And thank goodness he has a a daycare that he goes to that uh, from from like nine to three, nine to two thirty. And then when he gets home, I try to be home. And if you've, if you've ever noticed this, most of my meetings, uh, I try to schedule between like 9 and 2 o'clock every day. So that I can be here when, you know, get Jordy on his bus, be here when Jordy gets home. Now, that's not always the case. Sometimes we can't do it that way. And then just like last night, for example, I took him over to the Upper Valley Mall. I take him over there two or three times a week and we just walk. And, uh, you know, and there's some people over there that, that know him. And, and so it's a, it's just this constant, um, I won't call it a grind. It's a blessing it, but, but we have to really stay focused. You can't, and we can't take our eyes off of him for too long because he can get into things. And, um, but then you said, so the energy level, and that's probably what happened when I, jump back into pharmacy career. So now I'm somewhat, I wouldn't say Jordy's primary caretaker, but I'm sharing more than I did before, probably 60%, 40%. And so with that going on, uh, yeah, the tank, the tank was low as far as me being what I needed, needed to be from a leadership standpoint. But a vow I made to myself many years ago, Tony, was I would always stay in shape. I would always exercise, um, I run, I bike, I swim, I do all these things to stay in shape, and, and it, believe me, it's not vanity, it's so I can take care of Jordy, you know, it's, mm. and, and you know, I mean, it's also that I take care of myself, you know, I, if I'm not around, who's going to take care of Jordy type of thing, but yeah. my, my health, and Lori's the same way, I mean, we both we both try to, you know, eat right, sleep right, exercise. But, uh, and then the whole thing is, is I don't even remember when this came to me. It's many years ago, but I can't remember the scripture. Matthew 25, maybe it's when, when God, uh, when Jesus says, when you do these things for the least of these, you do these things for me. And um, I can't remember. You, you know more about Scripture than me, brother. But um, somewhere in the Scripture, Jesus said that. You know, um, person was like, "When do, you know, when did I feed you? 
when did I give you clothes? And that's when he said, when you do for the least of these, you're doing it for me. And so I just kind of put it in my head that, that we've been blessed to be t- taking care of God. Hmm. And that's a good way for me to not get on the pity pot about all the things that we can't do because you know, we don't go on vacation. We don't go away. Um, we, you know, we haven't had a, what you call a real caretaker for Jordy other than us for several years. And you can really, the devil can really take you there. Oh, woe is me. Yeah. And, but, but then all the things that kid has taught us, um, wow. Hmm. Yeah. So I, Hopefully that answered your question. No, that's good. That's good. I I was thinking about the posture that you have of being a lifelong learner as you talked about Jordy teaching you. And um, one of the things that I've appreciated about you over the years in our friendship is that you are always learning. And I'm curious, kind of the the genesis story of that idea. When, When did you know that you wanted to be a lifelong learner? And what are some of the things that you do now? I mean, because, you know, by all accounts, you've had a ridiculously successful career life. If you wanted to hang up the learning shoes, you could. Yet you're still putting out a blog every day. You're podcasting now a couple times a month. You're... uh, you're constantly, you know, talking to nonprofit leaders and coaching. How, how do you stay salty for learning? I, I don't know. I can just never get enough of growth. I just never can get enough of because, <clears throat> believe it or not, I'm not. I'm, I don't like to read, hmm. but I like to learn. And um, when it first hit me, I'm about to have a coughing spell, brother. I've been fighting a cold here, so you no, might you're have good. to. You're edit. good. Go ahead. <coughs> but, okay. When you asked me that question, I, it's amazing. My mind went back to this point in time. It was in the mid-'80s. And um, I picked up this book written by Tom Hopkins. I still have it in my library here. And for the life of me, I can't think of the title. But it's funny because the cover's off of it because I read it so many times. And um, those were my drug addiction years early to mid eighties. And every time I would pick up his book, I just had to throw down some beer or put some drugs in my system because it excited me so much. Now that is sick, (laughs) but if you've ever been around an addict, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it got me so excited that back then I had to, any victory, I had to celebrate it chemically because I was an addict and we do things like that. Well, when I got sober, Tony, I was introduced to the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And what do you think I did? I read every book I could get my hand on about Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, you know, just wanted to know how it started, you know, the people that make it, the people that don't. And, and so 
it's almost a dopamine drop <coughs> for me. It's almost uh, um, when I get into something that I'm reading, uh, I'm assuming that it's that that innate desire I ha- have to grow and to learn. So I don't know. Maybe it's always been there. I, mm. But I just recall that time when I picked up that Tom Hopkins book. It's like he was, he was a great sales guy. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to build a business based upon these principles that now, you know, I had to take a, a weekend or two off to get my act together. <laughs> but um, and, that's great. And I got books. I got books um, from way back. Like right yeah, now. Uh, I'm reading, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say I'm, I'm reading a uh, book by Bill George, True North, uh, the mm-hmm. Emerging Leader Edition, and um, it's it's very interesting. Then I picked up uh, the Marcus Aurelius Meditations book. You know, trying to I, I'm all, I'm intrigued with the old the philosophers and the Stoics and. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. So anyway, it's That's what good, I man. do I now. Like I mean, I I read every morning. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with Jay to remind you to subscribe to the Spirit and Truth Substack. Substack is like a blog that just gets sent straight to your email. So if you go to spiritandtruth.life, you'll see an, a way to subscribe. You can also subscribe on my website at uh, twmilt.com or reclamationpodcast.com. And I hope you enjoy the content that we're putting out every single week, actually twice a week for paid subscribers. It's a great way to support the ministry and get some good information for spirit-led leaders. Now let's finish up this conversation with Jay. So talk to me about this new podcast that you've put together. It's uh, the, you know, the higher, higher leading podcasts. Talk to me about the origin story of it, what your, what your desired outcome, why should people listen? Well, the Higher Leading Podcast came to me, and it's had various um, versions as far as the, the title of it goes. It started out as the Sage Cast was originally. Mm. It's like I want I wanted to talk to people um, who've been there, done that from a leadership standpoint, and then are willing to offer nuggets of wisdom to other people. And then I started doing pretty much exclusively work in the nonprofit world a couple of years ago and people who lead nonprofits. I mean, I, I've crossed paths with nonprofit leaders who, who could be leading fortune 500 companies, but they are so passionate about what they do that it just, it sometimes blows my mind and they're not getting adequate income because, you know, it's a nonprofit and that's when one day, I, I think it was in the morning, because I, I journal every morning, it just came to me, um, I want to talk to leaders who lead to the beat of a higher calling. I want to talk to leaders who are drawn to a higher purpose, who, um, and I wrote this down years ago, like the epitaph on my tombstone is, 
is anyone can lead at, at the expense of others for the benefit of themselves. Be one who leads for the benefit of others and the benefit of the world. And that, so that's where this higher leading is leading to this higher calling. And, um, so, and probably the majority of the people that I'm, uh, I've got lined up that I'm going to talk to are very strong in their faith. You know, it's mm-hmm. no, it's just uh, not a coincidence that these people that I view as higher leaders have uh, a faith that's very strong. And, and so it's, <clears throat> and I talk also, it's people who lead their lives and or others to the beat of a higher calling. Because I look at my wife, Lori. I mean, she's, she's a great leader of her life. And what she's done for our son, Jordan, <clears throat> as well as supporting me in my professional life and uh, supporting our other two kids' dreams. You know, she, she, I consider her a higher leader. So... Yeah, it's not it's not exclusive to just people who run organizations and businesses. It's uh, people who who lead with purpose. Jay, one of the things I appreciate about your life is that you live in this very real tension of being very entrepreneurial and also very creative. Um, and it seems like this podcast, along with your blog, which you've been doing for years and years and years, um, are these creative outlets for you. Do you think that every person has a creative bent to them or is this something that people can nurture? I mean, I, I think there's probably somebody listening right now who feels like their life's in a rut. How do they break out creatively? That's a really good question because, you know, you probably have heard me say this before that we're the only animal <laughs> that God created that he gave the gift of imagination you know, mm. he gave us the ability to dream. My dogs do not sit around and dream about a podcast that they're going to put together. You know, they they just wait for their next meal and chase chase an occasional squirrel. But but as human beings, we have this ability. So my answer to your question is: I believe anybody can be creative. I I, I believe we were born to create. I mean, our, what do we call God? He the Creator, right? And if we are truly born in his image, then he created us to create. And I, I, that, that's sort of how I, I make sense of this life. And right now, I've, I've been struggling with this. You know, as you get closer to your exit date, Tony, you have a tendency of saying, what was this all about? Yeah. Well, uh, and, and I look back. It, it's, it's creating. It's creating something better. For other people, it's making someone's life a little bit better, helping others um, to achieve their their dreams and their goals. And and if you're in a in a rut, I, I would first suggest writing down what it is that just keeps coming into your head. I mean this this podcast thing came to me three or four years ago. I mean, you, you've been pushing me for three or four years. Hey, how's your podcast? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, every chance I get, every chance I get. And it was so good when you asked me, Oh gosh, a few months ago, I said, Hey, I got one. I, I, I there's going to be one. And, and, uh, you're like, Oh, cool. Um, but to write it down and then to find 
somebody who can hold you accountable, just like you did to me. And that, that's the thing. You and I, it's not like we meet every week um, or, or have lunch or coffee routinely, but when our paths cross, you'd say, how's the podcast going? And that's what you have to do is put it out there. Yeah. Okay. I'm, this is what I'm dreaming of. This is what I want to create. Put it out there and have someone give you some accountability. And, and I think the other thing is, Tony, this world right now, it is so easy for us to get lost in comparing ourselves to others. Hmm. And, it, you know, it's just too easy. It's, if you have social media... I think there's it's 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 only human uh, tendency to to look at someone and say, "Wow, they got it all together," and I don't. My podcast is going to suck compared to to what what they're doing, and to, that's just the enemy. That's the devil. If he can get us to not act upon a dream, yeah, and not create something our Creator has um, gifted us with or embedded in us, then he wins. And I believe that um, that's a part two people have to get over with because it's real easy to compare. I mean, you, I, I, I got a dozen or so podcasts that, that I listen to. And, and what I've done is, okay, what can I learn from these podcasts? First of all, what can I learn to grow personally? But what can I learn to make my podcast experience the best that it can be? Not better than Tony Milton Burgers or Ryan Hawks or John Maxwell. But what can I do to make it effective and help people? And that's the other thing is that, that's been crossing my mind, Tony. You know, that <clears throat> there's a term floating around um, uh, becoming an influencer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, not, not against becoming an influencer, but I what I try to – say to myself is be a person of influence be a person that influences yeah don't do it to be known as an influencer but whatever you're doing do it to influence others in the right way no that's good i we we tell our sixth grade basketball team all the time that you can either be uh you you can be the thermostat or you can be the thermometer but you can't be both right and (laughs) Yeah. And you, you just you got to set the temperature. You got to set the temperature of what you're doing and why it matters. And um, or if not, you'll end up just being hot or cold in the room that you're in. And that's for most of us. That's not where we want to be. Now, as we record this, you've you're you're four episodes in. You've interviewed four incredible CEOs, um, and uh, some some really in depth conversations about faith and leadership and and culture. Uh, I'm I'm curious what have you learned in in the the infancy stages of building this new platform uh what have you learned in the conversations what have you learned uh kind of just some of your key takeaways Yeah the one thing that I learned and more of a verification to me is how important culture is hmm. and like you mentioned each one of those <clears throat> the people that I interviewed and of course, I have to step back and say, you know, "Am I just attracted to people who I know probably create pretty strong cultures?" But I, you know, I really don't know the inside workings of of Magona Braybender and Van 
uh, Dine Roofing and and uh, Bowen and Brixie and Meyer, but it just so happened that they're very much culture, um, <clears throat> very much about their employees. I think the other thing that I learned or that I have learned, uh, which once again, just kind of verified to me is it's not easy. Yeah. You know, building a business, building an organization, building a team, it's not easy. And, and, you know, you're, <coughs> you're down there in Centerville and I kind of admire from afar, uh, the, the Centerville boys basketball coach. Oh, sure. Uh, Brooke Cups. Name? Yeah. Brooke Cups. And, um, it's not easy building the type of culture he has built. You know, and I was talking to a um, young coach up in this area that actually uh, Brooks mentors him. And he's trying to build that culture. And he's, you know, he gets discouraged. And it's not, it, that's building a, an effective culture is not easy. So that, you know, that's, those two things. It takes work, building the culture. And well, and the third thing is they were all so far men of faith. And, and I said that earlier. It's just and I and I appreciate how vulnerable how vulnerable they've all been in sharing the fact when they don't have the answers, they go to him. They go to God, you know, or if they're feeling some fear. They squelch that with their faith. And so, you know, it, it's kind of set the tone, I think, for the rest of my podcast as, as we continue on this journey. You know, there's a possibility I might, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll run across someone who has a dysfunctional culture and doesn't believe in God. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> We're attracted to people that we're most like. That's just kind of how it works. But it's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. You know, it's 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 an interesting world. And the, I'll tell you, the hardest thing for me in podcasting has been recording an episode and then deciding not to share it. Um, and there have been yeah. two. There have been two uh, okay. that that I recorded, and I was like, I I just I don't know if this conveys the uh, the messages that I'm trying to convey with this platform. And um, yeah, and I had to. I had to have conversations with both of their their people, you know, and um, and everybody understood. And it just, you know, it wasn't that that they're bad people or bad messages. They just weren't the messages that we were trying to work on. So it yeah. gets it's you know, there's the more that you do it, the the more interesting it gets on that level. I think. I appreciate that wisdom, Tony. I'll definitely keep that in mind. <clears throat> you know, I. When the whole um, George Floyd thing took place mm-hmm. two or three years ago, I uh, made this vow to call as many African American friends that I could, just to better understand what was going on. You know, because it's kind of like, <clears throat> and then fast forward to today in my work with nonprofits, I'm doing this uh, work with this initiative, it's a uh, partnership with the Dayton Foundation and the Mateo Family Foundation where um, they're providing capacity building for African-American-led and African-American-impacted uh, organizations that, that impact the African-American population in Dayton. And 
my work with this group has just opened my eyes, my mind, my heart mm. um, to so many things. But but my point is, in February, it's Black History Month. So my two podcast guests are African-American uh, nonprofit leaders in the Dayton area that um, – you, know, you talk about my desire to continue to learn. I wouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't be having those podcasts. Because yeah. you talk about, you know, you're kind of attracted to like people, so on and so forth. And, you know, it's it's proven to me that I am attracted to like people. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It's, sure. These people are, you know, um, oh, it's just amazing what I've learned. So, um that's going to be fun, and, and then I'm looking forward to subsequent years. You know, of course, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be interviewing African-Americans all throughout the year, but really doing a, a big emphasis during February to uh, bring their voices to the audience, too. It's, uh, it's important. It's important to be intentional, so I, I love that. Um, okay, I have one more question for you. <laughs> Um, but mm-hmm. before I ask it, I know that my listeners are going to want to subscribe to your podcasts to get on your blog. Where's the best place to learn all things J. Meyer? Well, you can go to uh, com, and there are links to the Higher Leading Podcast and then link, links to my Eagle Launch. That's the, the daily blog that uh, <clears throat> you can follow the Higher Leading Podcast and sign up for my daily blog through Eagle Launch. And then, of course, I'm out there on iTunes, and you can mark me as uh, one of your favorites. And if you want to know whenever I have a new podcast, it'll pop up into your library that way, too. It's so good. I love it. Uh, Okay, last question I love to ask people. It's an advice question. And I ask you to go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice except I get to name the season of life that you're in when you give that advice. And so I want to take you back to the first day after you left the pharmacy uh, the very first time. So you just built this incredible movement of people, incredible culture, and you show up day one uh, to start this new season of your life. If you could pull up a chair in front of that younger version of your yourself, Sit knee to knee with him, hold him, hold his hands, look him in the eye, and give him one piece of wisdom. What are you going to tell him? I would tell them to set aside time each day, whether it be five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. drawing closer to the Lord and seeking his wisdom and guidance on um, the next steps Mm. of your journey. That's, that's what I would tell them. And then tell them to make sure that they take the time to listen and sometimes, you know, the God speaks through God speaks through books to me. He speaks through like Tony Miltenberger to me. Um, very seldom has he come in a voice. That's happened to me twice in my life. 
but it's make myself available around godly people that God most likely will speak through to help give guidance on the next season of life. And I, it only gets better if you stay close to God. Hmm. It, it only gets better. Amen. Amen, Jay. Uh, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. Thank you for your heart, for what you do to pour into me and to leaders all over the place. I can't wait to see what God does with the podcast. Tony, thank you, man. You're an inspiration. I appreciate being on this. Really do. Thanks. I hope you guys can see uh, Jay's heart in this interview. It was such a fun conversation. He's such a good dude. Do me a favor. Go subscribe to his podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts at. The Higher Leading Podcast with Jay Meyer. Uh, I'll link to my episode in the show notes. And uh, if you want, go ahead and give it a listen. It would mean the world to me. As always, I'm forever thankful that you give me the opportunity to do what I love. I'm thankful for the community that we're building here. And uh, hey, if you could, leave me a rating or review on iTunes. It goes a long way to help spread the word about what God is doing. And remember, guys, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.